like our friend Jesus. He will always be with us. He knows all about our struggles. No one will be nearer. No, not one. As we come today to study your word, help us see our friend Jesus in his high and glorious light. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for we could spend this time together. We committed into the hands of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. We'd like to turn to Colossians chapter 1. Now I want to read a long portion here of this whole chapter. And so in order to do that, I'm going to ask that I would just read the whole thing in English and my brothers and sisters who are reading Mandarin just read the verses. We want to read from chapter 1, verse 9. Through chapter 2, verse 3. Colossians 1, beginning verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may have a walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church of which I was made a minister, according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working which works in me mightily. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches and the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I have been uh, traveling recently during these days. Recently, been out on the West Coast at the end of the year and then out to Brazil for a few weeks. And I have a further impression of the time that we are living in. There seems to be a shaking. A change in the air among many Christians. Things that have been going on for a long time. But now things are changing. I remember hearing the testimony of a brother from China. Now my Mandarin is not that good. But I believe that he said that as best they can count in China right now, there have been in the last year, 2014, 127 churches bulldozed to the ground. So, 127教堂被这个大的挖土机给拆了。Now, many of these saints built these churches with great financial sacrifice. 他们这些弟兄姊妹花了许多金钱的。just trying to build a dwelling place. Many of them put a cross on the top of this house. But the government has decided to bulldoze these churches, these buildings to the ground. I can only imagine the sense of insecurity that these people must feel. This particular brother from China, he felt there was an upside to all of this. Because the people of God become so accustomed to a building. And to these outward comforts. And his feeling was that these people now, without these buildings, and the irony is that these buildings were mostly from the three self churches. But now, as everything is thrown up into the air, perhaps these saints will discover that the church is not a building, but the people of God. Whether they have to meet in a, from house to house, or whatever if the church of Jesus Christ can be truly seen at this time, there can be a reviving among the people of God. Now, in the shaking that we have seen, in Brazil as well, I only visit there every four or five years, and I see some saints growing in the Lord at this last year, 
as the New Year's conference. There seems to be an increasing number of Brazilian young people with a great hunger for the Word of God. But when we talk to the older ones, things that began well several years ago have now become difficult. We know some people who grew in their revelation of Jesus Christ. This meant that they had to leave the various churches and things that they were in. And they had to come to experience what it was to be, as it were, a pilgrim. And having to start all over again. With their family and with two or three gathering for worship. There are many things being shaken. We know the enemy shakes many things. But in these kinds of shaking, we find ourselves at a crossroads. Either we look at the external situation and we become anxious. Indeed, as the Bible says, the cares of this world are like thorns that begin to choke out our life. But on the other hand, a time of shaking, a time of unsettling, can be a time where we cast our anxieties upon the Lord. We remember how Paul told the saints in Philippi, be anxious and nothing. In everything, by prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests unto God. And the peace that passes understanding, it'll keep your mind and heart in heart. Now, when I came back home, of course, this is very real to me. I'm not sure all of you know. You know, my wife and I also meet with a number of saints in Manhattan. Now, we have been in this particular apartment for three years. Of course, we love to settle in somewhere. It feels like we've been there 30 years. We know where all our stuff is. Now our, uh, uh, our owner says we have to leave this apartment. It used to be easy for my wife and I to move from place to place. My wife and I have been married 51 years. And we moved 21 times. <laughs> but it's one thing for my wife and I to pick up our tent and move to another location. You know, in Manhattan, you can only rent a tent. Uh, the purchase is almost impossible. But now our problem is this. We're like Jacob and his family. He's gotten very involved. We meet with 50 to 70 people every Sunday. So now it's just not us moving, the whole family has to move. That has become very complicated. Some of the young people saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? They want to like get to the next place. Some people say, where can we possibly go? Of course, it is impossible to find a place in Manhattan. And my wife and I can faithfully answer. We don't know. So our temptation is also to be anxious. And we're stirred up. 
Now we've moved three times already in Manhattan. And the Lord's been faithful. Each time he's been faithful. I wish that could make us totally confident. But we find anxiety coming And in this time of anxiety, we believe that the Lord wants us to be like Daniel. We believe that the Lord will find us a place to live and to meet. But believing that, we are praying every day. Lord, do what you promised. I believe that the anxiety that we experience is much like yours. Anxiety builds up within about 24 hours. So that's why Paul says, now be anxious and nothing, but pray about everything. That's the only way to stay peaceful. If you skip a day, by the next day you're already biting the nail. So in this time of shaking, in this time of change, a word came to my heart. And it's from this passage that we read. I'd like for us to look at it this morning. And maybe we can do so, uh, the Lord willing, down through uh, a season. It's verse 18. It says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. And the phrase that's arresting my heart at this time is that in all things he may have preeminence. Now, in our more modern English translations, it says that he may have the first place in everything. And um, this is, of course, a valid translation. What does it say in Chinese? Uh, to be first in all things. Ah, that's better. And the Mandarin is better. Because to be first place, it, it means you, you won some kind of a prize, and then the second place and third place. And actually, to be honest with you, until recently, I thought about this matter of his preeminence. I thought of it in a sort of a, a legal way. That Christ has died. He has risen again. He's been exalted to the throne. And now he has the preeminence. But recently I have thought this meant something a little deeper. Because we see in verse 13. This passage is very much about the Father's heart. And it's about the kingdom of the Son of His love. And this passage has to do with very much more a personal thing than just Him being seated upon a throne in the first place. Indeed, He does have first place. Far above all principalities and powers. But that's not what this quite means. Because we notice it says that in all things he may have the preeminence. So this is the Father's heart. He's not satisfied if Jesus is a king by position, no matter what his servants in the kingdom may think of him, no, it will only satisfy the Father's heart if we give him heartfelt preeminence. 
Now this preeminence, this English word, is a very wonderful word. Because it means a reverence. It means preeminence means a rever a reverence beyond all. So this is the father's issue. Of course he has been glorified. Far above all. But what he wants in our hearts is for you and I willingly to give him the utmost reverence. He is the head of the body that that in all things he might be respected. He may be given first place. And so I want us to think about that. We know that the book of Colossians is one of Paul's deepest Right. Paul has written Colossians and Ephesians both about the same time. And especially these two books. Paul has distilled his understanding. His understanding about Christ and all he is to us has become fuller. Actually, you'll find this word fullness in both Ephesians and Colossians. His mind has been crystallized about the things that are important. And so he is making this request that in all things, Christ might have. The preeminence. That we willingly give over to him. Every area of our life. When I came back from Brazil, we had a marriage weekend. And we had uh, Brother Christian and I had more questions than we could possibly answer. I was surprised by some of the questions. But what it shows is the importance of our marriage in making that marriage Christ the preeminence of the marriage. So you see what I'm saying? Now we have a problem. Because these outward circumstances in our life can cause us to look at outward things and miss this priority. This coming back to square one when we recognize that our whole life is that Christ might be seen as preeminent. You remember that the Christians were first called disciples of the way. The disciples of the way. But we also see in the history of the New Testament that the disciples of the way could lose their way. You see, this way is more than just a, a certain path. Just an outward tradition or some teaching. A certain way of doing things. You see, we can all appreciate Doubting Thomas. I don't know if you remember what he said. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, I'm going away. And then after telling them he was going away to prepare a place, he said to the disciples, 
Now you know where I'm going. And you know the way. Now at that point, Thomas couldn't take it anymore. He said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? You haven't told us. You said you're going away. Are you going north, south, east, west? Where are you going? And to this, Jesus answered, I am the way. Ah, now, now immediately the disciples had to realize, hmm, there's something more to this way than a path. There's something more to the Christian way than laying down some rules. Now, if you're a good Christian, you go to church on Sunday. If you're a really good Christian, you study the Bible. One night, anyway. And if you're a holy Christian, uh, you go to prayer meeting. This is the sign. That's the way of the Christian. Now, unfortunately, you can do those three things. And some of you are so holy, you're almost ready to be raptured. And yet this way is a living way. You can't Define it by outward things. It has something to do with the relationship to the Lord. And when we lose that way, how do we lose it? It's usually when we're busy doing outward things. You understand that? We can substitute our Christian busyness. For this relational way walking with the Lord. There are two ways we have to be concerned about. This new and living way we all entered into that through his precious blood but staying in that living way should be our utmost concern but there's a second way what way is that? now you all know it it's man's way your way my way the Bible says it's a way that seems right to men but what does it end up? you know that verse of Proverbs? there's a way that seems right to men but the end destruction now, we get going in the way. We're a disciple of the way. We're following Jesus the way. And then we start following Jesus the way, our way. And something goes wrong. There is so much of Christian manufacture that is only human ways. Now, do you know the problem with the Colossians to whom Paul is writing? They came into Jesus the way. And then some smart people came along. Unfortunately, most people have to go to college. And there you meet these people in Colossians. They say, oh, the Christian way. It involves certain laws. Certain sacrifices. You have to sacrifice new moon. You have to fast on these days. You have to beat your body up. If you want to be holy. Now to a stupid young Christian. Now they've been saved by grace. Now they don't feel particularly holy. And so if you hear, oh, you need to hurt yourself to be holy. 
You need to be circumcised. And so these people in Colossae were telling the Christians. There's a way. It's a way of holiness. It's a way of self-denial. It's a way of asceticism. You know to be holy, you must be poor. Anybody who works in New York City can't be holy. Even minimum wage is too holy. Too much money. If you make over $30,000, you're worldly. Twenty-five is okay. Uh, see, we have all kinds of rules. But the Colossian Christians fell into this distraction. This outward distraction. That's why we thank the Lord. That the Lord sends along a steward like the Apostle Paul. Bring us as God's children back into the living way. Down through church history, the church has lost its way. It got hung up with buildings. They cathedrals. The glass windows. The incense. All kinds of sitting up, standing down. And the church gets so caught up with outward things. I am the bishop. He is the archbishop. Or I am the preacher. It makes no difference. People go to church because of the preacher. That's a distraction. But people get distracted from the living way. Thank God the Apostle Paul is trying to bring the saints back into a living way. Down through church history, I think you know this story. The church in its largeness goes on in the way of man more and more. Traditions, denominations, a way of, of worshiping men. But there's always a little group of people. Call them the remnant, overcomer. Anyway, they're people, and they come back into the living way. Now, how do they come back into the living way? Well, there's many different ways, but there's actually only one. They rediscover the preeminence of Christ in all things. Now, there's never been an assembly of God's people who are perfect yet. Now, you used to be a perfect group. But then I joined. There's no perfect group here. But are there people? who have an intention. What's that intention? That in all things he might have the preeminence. Is your life completely conquered yet? There's probably still some closet in your life. And the Lord hasn't opened that closet yet. You're a little dark closet. None of us are perfect. But are you desiring? That the Lord have first place in every area of your life. Whether it's uh, the marriage, your, your job, your family, in all things. Now you can see by just the chapter we read. How large is the scope of the all things? 
Did you see what's involved in the all things? There is involved your personal life. Christ in you. That's very important. There is also the church. Head over the church. That in all things he might have the preeminence. There is the kingdom. You know, the Lord one day will be preeminent on this earth. In the book of Revelation, in heaven they're already singing a song. You remember this song? The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ. Now, up in heaven, they sing that because from eternity's viewpoint, it's done. Jesus rules over every kingdom on this globe. So whoever won this recent election in Brazil, she, she's going to be gone. Obama's out the door. Jesus will come to earth. And his kingdom shall reign over all the earth. But this all things gets even larger. What does it say? He, by his death and resurrection, has become uh, the preeminent one over all things in the heavens and on earth. There is a universe that he one day will be preeminent. So, so, what's in our hearts? Do we want him to be preeminent? Then we find ourselves in a living way. A living way is never without difficulty. There's always a change of job. Always some issue of health. Some change of location. Difficulty in the family. Financial These things will always be with us. But now, are we going to focus on those all the time? I remember one brother. Actually, he's my dear father-in-law. My wife's father was a Christian since a youth. And after he came out of the World War II, he was working. He started a little business. And a preacher came to him. Said, now brother Don, you're going to be a good Christian. You have to tithe. Now, how many of you know what tithing is? You know what that means? You need to give 10% to the church. Now, then you're a perfect Christian. <laughs> but my father-in-law at the time said, First, I need to get my business operational and profitable. Which it wasn't at that time. It was he and his wife and a couple of people sewing things. And so this was his desire. When I get on my feet, then He went out of business. And then the pastor came back and said, Would you just consider this one verse? Matthew 6.33 Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And my father-in-law saw his mistake. You give to the Lord now out of your little or your abundance. That's the place to start. And so he was broke, but he gave the Lord what he had. 
And the Lord began to bless him. 然后主就开始祝福他。And he ended up a very successful business. 他就成为一个成功的生意人。And he always remembers this lesson. 但总是记得这个功课。We don't tithe when it's comfortable for us. 我们不是啊有钱了才给十分之一。We give to the Lord now. 我们现在就给主。And He will add whatever we need. 他会加倍给我们。You see. This is what it means to learn these kinds of lessons. This is what we should learn. So, are we going to concentrate on our situation? We should concentrate on our situation. 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 We should And look in chapter one, verse twenty-five. This is the first chapter, the twenty-fifth verse. We'll read a few verses here. Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me to you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to His saints. 我造神为你们所赐我的职分，做了教会的执事，要把神道理传的传的全备。这道这道理或者这这奥秘，就是历世历代所隐藏的奥秘，但如今向他的圣徒显明了。To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. 神愿意叫他们知道这奥秘在外邦人中有何等丰富丰盛的荣耀，就是基督在你们心里成了有荣耀的盼望。Now, as Paul was talking about this matter of the preeminence of Christ, 所以当保罗提到这个基督居首位的时候 ，he explains something. 他解释一件事 ，God has had a mystery in his heart. 所以神在他心里有一个奥秘。This mystery was in his heart before the foundation of the world. So this mystery was in his heart before the foundation of the world. So this mystery was in his heart before the foundation of the world. So this mystery was in his heart Chose Abraham. When God chose Abraham, this mystery was in his heart. This mystery was in his heart. When God revealed Himself, so when God revealed Himself to Jacob, to Jacob, or to Jacob, or to David, he had this mystery in his heart. He had this mystery in his heart. Whether he was judging a nation, whether he was gathering a nation, or he was gathering a nation. Whether the children were in the wilderness, 要么这个呃百姓在呃旷野当中 ，or his children were in the promised land， 或者他们在应许之地里 ，or his children were in captivity， 或者他儿女在这个被被掳当中。Behind all of these actions， 在这一些一切的行为当中 ，there was this mystery motivating the father's heart。所以，我们有一些事让我们的父他他愿意做。Throughout this history。He gave clues as to this mystery. He gave clues as to this mystery. As he built the tabernacle, he built the tabernacle. 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 Through his prophets, they searched earnestly. Peter says to try to find that secret. They, 借着先知们，他们去发掘到底这这个奥秘是什么。There is a common motivation that has led God to do what He's done down through the centuries. 所以在历史历代有一些事情让我们的主他做他所做。It's a mystery in the heart of the Father. 在父里。What was this mystery? Now Paul says, "I have been made a minister, and a steward of the mystery." Now it's my responsibility. 
What's this mystery that has to do with this preeminence? What is it? Christ in you. The hope of glory. That's the mystery. What does he mean by that? Brothers and sisters, there's something God has in his heart. And it cannot properly be displayed until it's displayed in your personal life. So the It's Christ. It's Christ in his exaltation. It's Christ in his preeminence. Now indeed God could have said, I'm going to display Christ's glory by establishing his kingdom on earth. Now that is going to happen. But that's not what had to come first. He might have said, I'm going to display my glory by the church, the body of Christ. And indeed, the church is to be a testimony of the preeminence of Christ. But that's not where he begins. Where does he begin? Before this glory can be displayed in the church or in his kingdom, the first place that the mystery must be revealed is your heart and my heart. Christ in me. Christ in you. This is the mystery that's been hidden through the ages. How, how is my son going to be glorified? With the greatness of a kingdom? Yes, he deserves that. In the, in the greatness of a, of a great mass of God's people who become his bride? Yes. But the first step is to come into your heart and to reveal him in you. This, this is the first revelation of the mystery of God's heart. Now here we see at once the great beauty of that and the great uh, trouble of it. Because God could force us. He could grab me and say, Okay, listen, Dana. Dana, you're a Christian. I'm going to whip you around until you manifest Christ. Now he might get me to sort of give up and surrender. But he wants my heart to surrender. He wants me to willingly say, In all things, Lord, I give you the first place. I don't know if you saw that within this first chapter that I read. But there's a few times where it says. This is well pleasing to the Father. You know, this first chapter is actually about the Father. And His great desire. And His great purpose. That Christ, His Son, might be seen and revealed in you. Now when the angels or Satan looks around this earth just like you remember in the old days you remember how God said to Satan have you seen my servant Job? 
remember that? Now today, the Father wants to say, Have you seen my servant so? Satan looks down, and he sees Jesus in you. God says, this is the first step. This step is going to grow. From the individual to a glorious church. From the church to a glorious kingdom. From a glorious kingdom to him taking first place in the universe. You're the starting. That's God's mystery. How can something so huge be squished down into a single person? I, I don't know how God can make something so compact. Now, most of you weren't around when I was alive. And I saw the first computers that were made. They were as big as this room. Wheels turning around. Cards flipping and flapping out. All kinds of noise and light. Now you have in your pocket an iPhone. It's worth a hundred of those machines. How they squished all that down into transistors, I'll never know. Thank God I'm not an engineer. Now, how can God squish this fullness of Christ? Now, let's just talk about this mystery. What is God's mystery? Christ. Did you see that there in chapter 2? It says at the end of chapter 2, verse 2, that you might come to a full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, which is Christ. Now, is that what it says in, the, in Mandarin? Not really, but uh, 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 the mystery of God is Christ. You have accepted him as your savior, right? Now let me ask you. Do you have any idea how big he is? I I I can't imagine that any of us have fully embraced the dimensions, the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of Jesus. You know, when Mark wrote his gospel, he had an iPhone. He took a picture of Jesus. The servant of God. The Savior. Now Matthew, he had a he had a cannon with an SLR lamp. He said, "Wait, wait, we got to move back." We got to move back. We got to move back to Abraham. Matthew starts with Abraham. As he talks about Jesus' background. Move it back. It goes back to Abraham. Ah, by the time Luke gets his camera, ah, it's one of these big wide-angle cameras. where, where did he move to? Now, I was at this conference in Brazil. And there were 500 people. And they wanted to take a picture. The guy got up on the stage. He went to the back of the stage. He got up on the ladder in the back of the stage. He could barely get into this little auditorium. How far back do we have to go with the camera to see Christ according to the Gospel of John? Wow. And then Paul said, now, before the foundation of the world. Now, that's before the beginning. I'm sorry, you're going to have to move your camera back. 
所以一切都是在他里面所到的所以一切就是基督比宇宙更大所以一切就是基督比宇宙更大所以一切就是基督比宇宙更大所以一切就是基督比宇宙更大所以一切就是基督比宇宙更大所以一切就是基督比宇
所以基督在一切事上居所谓。So the daily distractions，每一天的这些让我们分心的事，should not take us away，不应该把我们带离。From our highest purpose，就是我们最重要的目的。Christ to be preeminent，基督啊是居所谓。The second thing I would say，第二件事我要说，the actual spiritual reality and effectiveness of our life，我们一生这个属灵的这个呃。结果，就是要我们要常常知道基督与我们同在。那我们知道，在基督里面，但是我们有那个直觉吗？那个感觉在里面的感觉，会让我们继续走在这道路上。and prevent us from getting distracted. There are so many Christians distracted. They're ministering. They're busy. They're engaged in a movement. They're projecting a teaching. But with all those outward things, they've lost that inner awareness God's great mystery. It's either disclosed or it's obscured in our lives. And then the third thing I would say. If you and I are to be manifestations of the glory of Christ, then it means that we're going to have a tough time. In this world. Now, I know none of you want a tough time. You're all pacifists. At least the Brazilians here. None of you wants a fight. When Satan looks at you and sees Christ in you, you have become a battleground now you know with all of this problem with the, the Muslim terrorists and these cartoons and everything occasionally somebody usually on Fox News says well you know what Christians get kidded all the time we have cartoons made of Jesus. We have movies that are total lies about who Jesus is. Why don't the Christians fight back? Should we raise up some Christian terrorists? You see, but we know something. We know the testimony of Jesus. It's challenged by the enemy. And that's why it's so important that you take your life in Christ seriously. Whether you're foolish or pursuing the Lord, you're a target of the enemy. And I expect that if you love the Lord, you will be targeted more than your non-believing friends. You will find more struggles and issues and problems among your work associates than the rest. Now Peter says we should not be surprised by these things. Because we're bearing in our body the most precious testimony that's ever been revealed upon this earth. 
So now let's just read together uh, Paul's little prayer here in Colossians 1. And with what we have shared as the background, I think you'll see how much Paul is stressing. The need for a real inward awareness of Christ. Which leads to an, an outward working of good works. So this is this short prayer. For this reason we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And here I love this in the New King James. That you may have a walk worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing Him. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might. According to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father. Who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We give thanks to the Father. It's His good pleasure to reveal in the fullness of time that Christ is everything to Him. He is God's mystery. And we are to be found in that mystery. Because Christ's mystery are His people. May the Lord help us as we consider this theme that in all things He may have the preeminence. Let's pray. Our Father, we're so thankful that you chose to reveal Christ and reveal the mystery of your heart. We know how often we're, uh, we don't cooperate with you. But Lord, we would come to you today. Because we see that your heart is not that we be forced to capitulate to the Lord. But you want us willingly to reverence him. To give him first place in all things. Oh Lord, teach us how to do this. To walk with one another in the living way. Christ is our mystery. Revealed in us. And our hope of glory. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' precious name.